0: Hello, and welcome to Talking Shop with CTEX. <music> Hello, and welcome to Talking Shop with CTEX. I am Ellen Solek, very pleased to be the executive director of this wonderful agency known as CTEX, which is the Connecticut Technical Education and Career System. Today, I could not be more excited to introduce two guests who will be so interesting and informative to listen to, as both of our guests are specialists in emerging technologies Audience, I'd like to introduce to you today two actually Techs advisory board members. They serve on our board on a regular basis, and they are invaluable in terms of their input. Dr. Christine Benz is to my immediate left, and Mr. Jeff Auker, far left. Welcome, both of you. We are so excited to have you. Thank
1: you for having us. Yeah, excited to be here.
0: Mr. Auker is a... Vice President, associate with InfoSystems, which is a premier technology company, both nationwide and worldwide. Dr. Benz is currently the Director of sales for Trump of North America, which has landed, we're so fortunate, in Connecticut, as well as nationwide. And again, we are just so excited to have you both on the program today. Why don't we start, um, Jeff, with you, if you could give us just a little idea of of your background Mm -hmm. and your involvement with Infosys and how that that sort of connects to CTEX for you, and then I'll invite Christine to jump in and, and do the same.
1: Okay, great. Well, first of all, thanks for having us here. This is, I love the conversation. I love the cause and the people involved. So um, you know, my background, currently I run um, Connecticut and oversee a lot of New England for Infosys, as you mentioned, which is one of the world's largest technology services companies. So when you cut through all of it, if a large company has some project, some new platform, some new technology um, that they want to implement at scale and they need help, they come to us and they say, we can't get enough people to do X, Y, or Z. And so it's not just the, you know, the top level architects and data scientists and all that. It's all the way down to the people that are gonna implement things and, and build software and build systems out to major scale. So when we're looking for tech talent, and when we're looking for skills, it's because our clients who, you know, are keep, keep the state going are asking for it. Um, and just by way of background, have a consulting digital background at some large institutions basically my role has been to take legacy um contact centers sales organizations um, operations in insurance banking things like that healthcare and translate them into the digital age you know something in healthcare just real simple that i worked on for a long time was patient experience like we're doing so much to keep the patients healthy and get back on track, but are we really handling the experience that we get them through there? So digitizing the world is kind of where I've been and that's what we're trying to do you know, here with emphasis.
0: Just the short introduction that leads me to say that we need to have you back on for another six or eight visits because you've given <laughs> us so much to talk about already. Okay. Dr. Benz, we'd appreciate just a little background in how you see yourself um, melding and, and working with CTEX, particularly as a board member.
2: Thank you so much for having us. This is wonderful. Yeah, my background, um, I'm looking back now at a 20 year career in manufacturing and um, I'm working with Trump with headquarters in Farmington, Connecticut. We are a global industrial machine tool manufacturer. And, um, high technology and, um, high tech innovation, automation, robotics is of course, all very, very important to our success and to the success of our customers. Um, Our customers are manufacturers all across um, this globe and they need automation, they need efficiency in their processes to be successful. And this is where we come in and help our customers. Um, To my background, I finished my high school and apprenticeship program in Germany. Decided a few years um, after working in the industry that I want to go back to college, finished my engineering degree. This is how I wound up here in the US. I um, finished my thesis here in the US. And um, decided to continue with my education. Finished my doctorate degree um, later, also here in the U.S. So I'm a strong believer that lifelong learning is the key to success, and this is what um, employers, companies need: um, employers who are employees who are curious and um, wanna be lifelong learners.
0: Again, amazing amount of information that you provide to us so frequently. But, but just what you've mentioned gives us so much to talk about today. And so I think I want to start by diving into the service-based piece of what you both do. Because I know in my own experience, both in technology and manufacturing, in the good old days, if you will, our perceptions were that there were people working right on machinery or on uh, computer systems, hardware and software, and that somehow, miraculously, this all got implemented, sold, and, and the user is off and running. And you both pointed out so eloquently that it isn't that simple anymore. There's a whole service component now that we never really spent a lot of time thinking about or talking about. And feel free just to jump in, but it occurs to me that that's a component here at CTEX that we're going to begin to focus even more on, that there is a customer service delivery piece that we need to somehow insert in the middle of our whole service process to make sure that our customers, if you will, or our business and industry partners are satisfied and and can utilize our student skills to the fullest ability. So feel free to jump in on that because you're both experts around that same piece.
2: Yeah, you bring up a very important point. You know, if we look back at you know Trump, my employer, um, the company's history. Where we started, we just celebrated our 100-year anniversary, it was, you know, we built a machine, sold it to the customer, the customer used it, and that was the end of it. Now, 100 years later, um, it's so much more. We provide solutions to our customers and not only machines. And in order to provide these solutions from step one all the way through their processes, we need to understand customers, we need to listen to their needs and and we need to adapt and turn, come up with innovative solutions so they can be successful. And um, I always say we are only successful if our customers are. And I think this is where schools like CTEX can really help um, companies, because we need employees who understand what our customers are trying to achieve, what their challenges are and what their goals are. And with the curious mind, um, with the innovation mindset, we can help them and be successful.
0: It's amazing. There's a whole communications component to this that I was thinking about as well as you were talking, that our students are very, very skill set oriented. They're very focused on, as you just said so well, working on machinery, designing, uh, doing all of the specialized tasks that now manufacturing is beginning to require and will continue to require, but I'm not so sure we've had the opportunity yet to really explore that whole communications piece, making sure, as you said, that we're listening to the customer, mm-hmm. that we're communicating the information that they really seek, that, that is relevant, meaningful for them. And Jeff, I know you are uh, an expert in this as well, but how does that translate, do you think, to, to both technology and c Texas as you know us mm-hmm. so well at this point?
1: Um, so many ways. Um, one of the big bets that Emphasis took on the U.S. was that the communication dynamics that you were just talking about and and, and Dr. Benz was talking about with understanding why your customers are buying this software, implementing this platform, and then going the extra step to understand why their customers and the people they're serving would appreciate that. That context is incredibly important as the software becomes more and more embedded in everything we do from toys our kids are playing with to the AI that's, you know, driving everything around us. So the idea of hiring locally and bringing in folks, you know, not just in the U.S., but around the world to hire, you know, local people in Lithuania, Estonia, wherever that might be, um, helps the people creating the products and the software and the experiences understand why they're doing it. And you can adjust along the way. The other theme that I think comes out of that too is when you talk about the skills and you just look at what's going on here, Um, there is a component where you have to learn the basic skills. You got to learn the acronyms. You got to learn all that. You got to study. You got to memorize whatever. I care about what you've done on a team. And there's a couple reasons for that. One, you're going to be working on teams, you're not going to know everybody, you're not going to like everybody, and somebody's going to put you on a team where there's either you're completely different than everybody else on that team, or you're exactly the same and you all want to do the same things. And so having some experience at the CTEX level at the um, work based learning level of taking the skills that you've learned, and then I did this on a team. And these days, you can just pick up your phone and say, we built that. Wow, why did you build that? Well, we heard this, that and the other and we, we responded to these needs. And here was the team, here's the role I played on it. Right? And here's how I had to learn to communicate with people who think differently, talk differently, um, you know, than, than me. And um, here's what I learned. Here's what I, Now that is experience. Now you've got the skills, you've done something, and you're better on a team because of it
0: absolutely i cannot agree more that um, definitely in terms of ctex as an agency as an at-large team if you will we focused much more in the last couple of years not only on developing the mission and vision around our ability to become the premier workforce for provider in connecticut mm-hmm. but we're also focused on how do we do that together how do we integrate our skill sets our personalities, our strengths, and even our weaknesses at times to form an at-large team as a high-functioning team. Hopefully we will. But um, So Christine, we've heard a tremendous amount lately about the expansion of manufacturing opportunities across the state and across the nation. We've heard about AI. We've heard about the technology integration into manufacturing and the specialization that that's going to require. Some of the pieces that you are so familiar with at Trump along those lines, if you will, manufacturing, I think it's 4.0, might be (laughs) 5.0 at this point. Um, How do you see that translating into what we're able to offer our students at CTEX? And what, in fact, do we need to do to grow and expand those offerings so that we can remain current and vital in the manufacturing market both statewide and nationally?
2: You are absolutely right, manufacturing is a very, very exciting time for us right now because manufacturing is coming back to the U.S. That is one piece of the puzzle, why it is really a really exciting time for us. Um, the other one is the advan- advancements in technology, which um, I always point out, you know, when we hear hey, advancements in technology, robotics, automation kills jobs, that's... Partially true, it uh, eliminates jobs that are repetitive, that are boring, that are dangerous. This is why we need automation to eliminate these jobs. On the other side, it creates a tremendous amount of exciting jobs, interesting jobs, well-paid jobs. And this is where Tech schools come in. Um, one of our biggest challenges, whatever article you read, and Trump is not alone with this, the biggest challenge manufacturers face is find um, the workforce. Find people they need to be successful to get the work done. And um, CTEX does a tremendous job feeding you know, into that pipeline and preparing Um, students for jobs in manufacturing, for example. Rock-based learning is an excellent way to give students exposure to different industries and help them to figure out what do I want to do? Where is my career? Where is my heart? Where are my interests? And what we need schools to do is we are talking about, you know, AI, for example you hear uh, chat gtp for example schools you can't use it it kills creativity students forget how to write on their own and so on and so forth i think what schools need to do is really embrace ai embrace unite you know, tools like chat gtp and teach students how to use these new tools responsibly And if you use it in the right way, it definitely enhances um, creativity and innovation and it doesn't hinder it. So this is what we need schools to do to plant that seed for that creativity, for that curiosity and for that love to learn new things. Let's talk
0: about AI for a minute, Jeff, because I know you are living in that world day in and day out. And I will confess that about two or three years ago when we started hearing about artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and even when it went to AI as an acronym, I said, what's that? I, you know, I really, I, I, as as someone who's not immersed, as you are, in, mm-hmm. in the world of technology, and uh, as is Christine as well, we hear about it a lot okay it's artificial intelligence it's going to provide all kinds of information and as you said so well opportunities for our 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 workforce going forward and yet we really don't know what we think we should know about artificial yep. intelligence so people sort of throw out AI and we all nod our heads and say yeah that's you know that's great stuff but we <laughs> we don't know exactly what that means and um, Christine I want to go back to something you said too which is so comforting particularly for us at ctex that the use of AI, the use of robotic opportunities doesn't necessarily mean that we're gonna diminish the necessary human workforce, it just means that we're gonna be providing additional opportunities, right, for workers to do more meaningful, perhaps more complex and renewing tasks than what they do now, and safe tasks. So, uh, Jeff, if you could jump in, give us, if you could, a bit (laughs) of an overview around what are we talking about with this AI thing? How does that really translate, at least for the moment, to um, what we're really trying to do here at CTEX. And what would be some of your recommendations Mm -hmm. in terms of how we can better plant the seed, as Christine just said, and get everyone uh, not only on board but excited about this AI thing? Because right now we're aware of it. We're on on board with getting it on board, but I'm not sure we're quite there yet.
1: Yeah. Um, It's it's an incredibly complex space, but maybe a couple things to start. The robot overlords are not taking over anytime soon. Um, we're, we're in good shape there. Um, I think maybe the simplest way to think about AI is is it's artificial intelligence, right? And if you think about intelligence and just break it down into three components, right? There's the thinking, you know, the processing in the black box, there's the input of that, right? Of the data that you wanna you know, programming the computer. There's the black box that does it, and then it gives you an answer, or gives you a result. It could be cobots, robots doing something. It could be text. It could be something. So there's an input, there's a processing, and there's an output. What is undeniable, whatever you know about or we don't know about what's going on in that black box, AI has fundamentally changed the role of computing. Because think back way in the day, right, when you had mainframes you had to put in like a reservation weeks in advance to go get a punch card and stick it in there and see what this mainframe is gonna give you, right? And then we've got, you know, laptops, or, you know, personal computers, laptops, and phones, and everything started to democratize that access. The, you know, the Googles of the world democratized uh, a lot of the the programming. You know, sure, you can get a lot more out of Google if you know Boolean logic and put all the strings in there, but who does, really? All right. So there was some democratization of how you input this stuff, making it easier and easier. On the other side, right, we've got a lot of professional services out there which are really at risk, which would tell you that no matter what the input, whether it was, you know, human and, and the processing or whatever, this is a really complex industry, investing, insurance, mortgages, things like that, audits, taxes. Um, you're not going to understand the output. Well, now with artificial intelligences, we're seeing it, You're taking a very natural language input, something happens, and then you get a very natural language output. You have now taken away almost all the barriers for anyone who can just speak naturally and understand naturally the ability to use whatever is in that black box, like all that computing power that we harness. That's huge. That is, that is a massive democratization and change in access to the most powerful computing existing to have that input and output. Now, what we're really afraid of is what's happening in that box, right? Um, you know, and again, that's a simulation of intelligence. It's artificial intelligence, it's, it's programming a computer to do the sorts of things we think are happening in our own brain. And I think one of the, the more trending phrases in this is human in the loop, right? It's AI, but there's a human in the loop, right? It's an assistant. It's giving you that first draft. It's giving you the structure of how to put a contract together. It's doing that first scan of your code. Um, It's providing a basic outline of code for you that you need to go in and adjust. But the basics are there. Um, I, I don't, I mean, what we have won't replace too many of us at the moment. And even if you look at that, like Brookings Institute in 2019 said that the Impact from AI would be something like five to one on bachelor's degree holders versus those, you know, in the trades and elsewhere. So there's the humans that know what's going on, assisted. And it's the same thing you saw with, you know, CAM and CAD. Um, You know, all of the technology that's going into just, you know, in this room. um, These are all assistant technologies. And obviously it's going to get more complex. It's going to be applied to more, you know, uh, difficult problems. But the structure is pretty much the same.
0: You make such a good point because it was actually a question for me, which is why artificial intelligence? Because I question automatically when I hear that term, I question the validity. Right? It's something artificial. So how can it be valid? How can it be reliable? And that human element that you just highlighted mm-hmm. seems to me to be the, the, the real difference yeah. in the game. Yeah. yeah.
1: AI works within a context. This notion of general AI, if you want to get philosophical about it, we're nowhere, nowhere close. Um, you know, Very efficient, very adaptable. Um, helpers for super complex problems, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: I see, going back to manufacturing for a minute, Christine, I see AI applications um, in the news all the time that are, for example, in the healthcare field. They're now predicting ways in which they could actually more effectively treat breast cancer, let's say, Um, and that from the technology sector, moving to the manufacturing Mm -hmm. sector, that um, there will be all kinds of interpretive data and resulting equipment from that, right, that the healthcare industry can transpose and use. Am I I accurate at all in that?
2: Data-driven diagnosis, for example, is an incredibly important and vastly growing field for us. Um, Our machines are only helpful for our customers when they are up and running. So we are using machine data and collect machine data to predict problems so we can tackle these problems before they could interrupt potentially the customer's production. So this is one example where machine learning, data-driven services and diagnosis and even repair, Um, is incredibly important uh, for our customer success. And um, if we look then at what, you know, students need to be successful in this field, is they need to understand what can AI do, what is it good for, but also be aware of, you mentioned the black box and we don't know what's going on in this black box. You said it is artificial, Um, so we need to be aware, okay, there could be bias whatever the black box outputs necessarily doesn't have to be true. So that critical thinking, this is the human element we still need and becomes more and more critical. And this is where schools come in again, teaching that critical thinking, asking the questions, uh, the right questions. This is the talent we need.
0: It's so fascinating that in education as we know it, at least to date anyway, the the practice has always been that you need to take the test until you get it right and that your success is measured by the A on the test. What you both are describing to me in such wonderful terms is, in fact, the opposite is often true, that if we're gonna engage in honest critical thinking, in honest problem solving, in honest and integrity-filled teaming, that actually how you handle failure is a lot more valuable as a learning experience in many, many cases than how you handle the A. I want to put you both on the spot because we're we're Mm -hmm. down to, to just a few minutes before the end of this amazing opportunity for me to dialogue with both of you. But in about a minute, if you could each sum up what you would strongly recommend for us as an agency that we really begin to focus on, and you've mentioned some items already, but items that we need to make sure that we are delivering to students so that by the time they arrive at your collective doorsteps, they are as prepared as they possibly can be in this working environment. Christine, I'm gonna <laughs> ask you to
2: jump in on that one. Okay. Very good question. So I have two teenage boys uh, going to high schools and sometimes it breaks my heart when I see how much they have to focus on taking tests. Mm -hmm. How much time is wasted to prepare for tests? And I sometimes wonder do we send the message you need to learn so you get an A and that's the end of it. And I think what I really like about CTECH's work-based learning system is students understand why they need to learn math. For example, they learn math to calculate the weight bearing of a beam in a house or uh, an, an electrical circuit. So they have math apply it directly to a practical situation, and that makes, you know, the brain cells connect. They don't study for a test necessarily, even though grades are important, um, but they learn and apply it to a real life situation. And this is what employees, employers need. We don't need good test takers. We need employees who are eager to learn, who are curious, and if something goes wrong, if they fail, they pick up the pieces again and try again. Thank you for that.
0: Hugely, hugely appreciated.
1: Jeff, your thoughts in about a minute. Well, the simplest way to do it is take everything that Christine just said and substitute in for math, data, or, um, you know, or programming. Um, Same sort of emphasis, I think, needs to start being built up. Um, You know, your your members of your team are going to be these cobots and the robots. It might be as simple as that. I've got a robot. What do I do with it on my team? Like, it's just part of it. you know, just being immersed in the technology as you do it. I mean, what's your producer, the board he's working off of over there. I mean, that's as much a computer. And this is as much of a network as anything out there it just has different instead of a keyboard. I have a, a, a mic right now. Um, just being immersed in those technologies, having some access if you really want to get me up on a uh, my soapbox, it will be you know, data and coding deserves just as you know, pride of place as math. I mean, I think everybody needs the basic math. But then when you're going to trig, calculus, calculus, or Python, I can, I think there's plenty of people that would probably go Python right now. So, um, but but this world, I mean, you guys have been doing this for what, with CTEX about 100 years. Um, you're sitting here with all of this assistive and adaptive technology. Um, you know, we're we're in, you know, I mean, a world class podcast studio right here. You know, y'all have a, you know, CTEX does have a history of this stuff. You've got the people asking the right questions, and I mean, this is, you know, an obvious a uh, result of that. Just the the, the skill and the Absolutely. stuff you put together.
0: Absolutely, it's a team effort, no <laughs> doubt about it. Jeff, Christine, I cannot thank you both enough for being on our show today. For just giving us so much to think about and so much interesting information. Um, We're gonna have you back because (laughs) there are many, many topics we wanna follow up on. Meanwhile, to our listening audience, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you learned as much as I did about the world of technology, the emerging world of manufacturing and how that really synthesizes with what we're doing here at CTEX. Please be sure to tune in to our next show. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.